And then you say that you can go as fast as you want or slow as you want. So I'm talking about growth. You said two things that absolutely confirm my message here. So, hallelujah. The... um, We saw a coffee cup that said, I don't use Google. My husband knows everything. Uh, the uh, If you count all of us in this room, there's 8 billion people in the world. And 4 billion of them are women. And so I always tell Melody, out of 4 billion women in the world, you're second. You know what she wants to know? Who's first? Well, we do that to God. God, you're one of you're one of my favorites. God doesn't want to be one of your favorites. He wants to be preeminent, right? That's right. So um, great to be with you. I've known Michael for how many years? Sixty or eighty. It's it's way up there in the stratosphere. Yeah. This uh, I don't know why. Ninety six. Wow. That's good. I was barely born. That's crazy. But. This guy stood before St. Peter, as they say, and get into heaven. And Peter said, Well, to get in, you've got to have a thousand points. I said, Well, that'd be easy. He said, I I was a preacher. He said, Yeah, that's ten points. (laughs) He said, Well, I drove. I drove there a time I drove the church bus. He said, Well, I'll give you five points. And I served on this board and that board. He said, Well, throw in a few more points. And finally the guy got so frustrated, he said, This is ridiculous. I'm only up to fifty some points. There's no way to get in here except by the grace of God. Peter said a thousand points. So <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So the subject is growth. It's really good to have Aaron. Melody's nephew here with us, and, and uh, I didn't really meet you till you were baptized. I think it, yeah. water baptized down in what town was that? Hallsville, Missouri. Missouri. Yeah, cool. Okay. About two years ago, three years. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So cool. And then God's using. He's a very, very much a handyman. And does all kinds of remodeling and so forth. So, talking about growth. And you've just so confirmed my message, but um, Psalm 80, 65, you water its ridges abundantly, you settle its furrows, you make it soft with showers, you bless its growth, God says. We have a nine-month-old granddaughter named Holland. She is so cute. But you know what I want? I want her to grow. I don't want her to stay that way. I don't want a year from now for her to still look like a nine-month-old. I want her to grow. I have three children. We have children everywhere, and every one of my children have disappeared. They've disappeared into adults. And God wants you to disappear. The Bible says Enoch walked with God, and he was not because God took him. Enoch and God were on a long walk, and God kept working with him. And finally, God says to Enoch, Genesis chapter 5, well, there's, it's further back to your house than to mine. And, and it says God just took him. He went on with God. Smith Wigglesworth, I don't know if you heard of him. He's, he uh, didn't start his ministry till he was 50 years old. He's a powerful 
man of God, um, he raised his wife from the dead. She she was literally dead, and he was he had so much faith he he threw up against the wall and commanded life to come back in her body. She came back and she said, Smith, let me go. He really ticked her off. And she said, I'm supposed to be in heaven, and you know, but he had the he had the faith. But anyway, his favorite verse was because people say, How do you how do you make your faith grow? And he, his favorite verse was Mark 4 28. He said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground, should sleep by day, night, the seed should sprout and grow. It he himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself, first the blade, then the head, and after that the full grain in the head. By the way, Deborah commented about my pink shirt, and I said, it is not pink, it's dusty rose. <clears throat> Pastor said I should have stayed with pink, so anyway. 1 Corinthians 13, God, Paul said, when I was a child, now notice the progress, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. Indication were to grow. Uh, one thing about it, I'm sure Aaron's a good mechanic, but you know that you go to a mechanic and you say, you know, uh, he said, you know, you got some bad ball joints in the front of your car, you better repair them. You say, you know, I just don't want to spend the money right now. I'm just going to let it go. And the mechanic is going to say something like this, pay me now or pay me later. And it's going to cost you more later because it's going to break more things and so forth. And so I think that's God's attitude. Pay me now or pay me later. Face it now or face it later. We, Melody is really involved in like marriage counseling and different counseling of emotional damaged people. But it seems so sad that people don't want to face things. They don't want to face issues. Uh, many marriages, people are stuck because they've reached an impasse, because they've reached a place where they can't move on. And so uh, Jesus referred in, Ma in Matthew 19 that uh, Moses gave you a certificate, certificate of uh, divorce because of the hardness of your heart. So there's always an issue we can harden our heart or we can say, God, I want to grow. I want to get past this. And I've always said, you know, if you're in an argument with your wife and you leave the room, you are choosing death. Not just from her, but you're choosing the spirit of death. So in other words, God always wants us to grow. David said, search me and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. We always, you know, I, I just don't believe we we want to God wants us to be the same. I didn't used to understand that, but the Lord always wants us to move over. You don't realize you're growing until you look back and you look back, you know, that doesn't bother me anymore. That doesn't irritate me anymore. I, I don't have issues like I used to have because you're growing. And so here's a good mature scripture. He says, Ephesians 4, Till we all come into the unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should be no longer children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, by the cunning craftiness and deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things unto him who is the head. So there's growth. There's growth. In the book of Jeremiah, 
God says, Moab has been at ease from his youth. He has settled on his dregs. He's not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor has he gone into captivity. They're talking about the process of making wine, emptied from vessel to vessel. They make wine, leave it there three months, put it in another vessel, leave it there three months, put it in another vessel. And finally, the wine is so pure, all the dregs have been left on the old vessels. And the winemaker can look in the wine, he can see his own reflection. But he said, Moab has been at ease from his youth. He's not been emptied from vessel to vessel, nor and he's, he's not gone into captivity. Therefore, his taste remained in him, and his scent has not changed. You ever pick up on a summer day a garden hose? Pick the hose up, turn the faucet on, you take a drink. You ever notice it tastes hosey? <laughs> a lot of people taste hosey. They've been a Christian a long time, but they taste hosey because, they, because they've not let the water of the Holy Spirit flow. He said, therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord. I'll send him wine workers who will tip him over and empty the vessels and break the bottles. God wants to destroy everything we depend on. I wrote down a few comments I made. The problem with baby Christians is they come in adult bodies. When I was a pastor, nobody thinks they're a baby. Nobody thinks they're a beginner. Everybody, we, we project these things well and this and that. But uh, here's another statement. Getting old doesn't make you mature. Here's a good one. We shouldn't worry about the second coming till we understand the first. Hallelujah. If you want to see the Antichrist, look in the mirror. Because I believe everything about our flesh is antichrist. Maturity is not when you stop holding up convenience stores. <laughs> Maturity is when you learn to lean on the Holy Spirit and not trust your sense realm. God told me years ago that the two enemies of the church have nothing to do with the devil. The two enemies that every, every Christian battles... There's self-satisfaction and distractions. Wow. Most people fit one category or another. You know, in other words, sometimes it's the blessing of God that makes people come to a point, well, I'm self-satisfied. You know, like you're talking about people, don't, they don't want to come to church. You know, well, you know, I'm okay, you know. And when you get to that point, it stops the hand of God from doing more. So the greatest gift you can have is hunger, just hunger, hunger for God. Uh, the other enemy of the church is distractions. If you don't think you battle distractions, just say, I'm going to commit 15 minutes to prayer and see how many ideas come to you of things you yes. need to do. The devil hates prayer. The devil hates that time you spend with God. My favorite scripture is, For God so loved the world, he did not send a committee. We'll play on words there, but Eric Metaxas said this, the most insidious lie we can believe about God is that, is that he's somehow against us. You know, most people don't believe in God, not because of who he is, but because of who he isn't. Because the devil, the devil has no power. It, Jesus said, all power has been given to me. The devil has no power, no ability except to deceive. But he's deceived most people. I, I was, a friend of mine was over in France and Europe as, as a missionary. He said, 
I don't, I don't know how many millions of people are in the European countries, but only 3% are believers. 3%. Because the devil has lied to people. The devil has told people, God hates you, God doesn't like you, you have an odd-shaped head, you, whatever, whatever, you, whatever you are. But people have bought into a lie. God's mad at you. God, God would never accept you. But God's hands are outstretched ever since the cross. His arms are outstretched. I love to put it this way. God doesn't just love you. God accepts you. Hmm. All right. Here we go. I've noticed the progressions about growth. I love this scripture, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for just a few things. What's he say? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything. Now, notice the progression. Everything through prayer, supplication, and thanksgiving. Make your repress, request being known unto God. There's progressions. He says in Romans 14, 16, What is the kingdom? Therefore do not let your good be spoken of as evil, for the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Paul told Timothy, Therefore I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Power to overcome the enemy, love to overcome your neighbor, and a sound mind to overcome you. <laughs> Romans 12, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So we start out in life, you know, I'm saved, I belong to the Lord, I have eternal life, I'm in the good will of God. But I believe as we grow, we get more into the acceptable word of God. We get more familiar, we get more outgoing, we get more comfortable talking to people. And then ultimately God's saying, I want you to get in my perfect will. That you're just, you're in my will 24 hours a day. You're, you're in sync with me. Ah. Uh, friend of mine said, what makes people grow? Number one, when you begin to respond and listen to the Holy Spirit on your own without somebody having to tell you. Number two, when you resist the devil on your own because the devil is going to lie to you and there has to be something in you that says, I'm going to take authority over that serpent. I'm going to take authority over that lie that spirit of depression, that spirit of disappointment, I'm going to rebuke it myself. That makes you grow. Third thing, spend time in the Word. The Word is like protein. Develop a prayer life. Years ago, God gave me this four don'ts. Are you ready? Don't accept Christ. You're not supposed to accept Christ. Even that's common terminology. You're not supposed to accept Christ. You're supposed to follow Christ. He wasn't looking for acceptance. He wasn't even looking for admiration. He's looking for followers. He never said, accept me. He said, follow me. Number two, don't read your Bible. You're not supposed to read your Bible. The Bible's not meant to be read. It's meant to be studied. You couldn't read a biology book. You couldn't read a book on computers. They have to be studied. The Bible's the same way. Number three, don't pray. Prayer many times is just a frustration, it's an anxiousness, it's an anxiety, a release of anxiety, but prayer should be more listening. 
talking to God, waiting on God, just being in God's presence. And then the Holy Spirit will tell you what to pray for, who to pray for. Number four, the most important, do not go to church. You're not supposed to go to church. You're supposed to be the church. Anyway, those are things. Uh, Several years ago, I was preaching at a men's retreat in Rapid City. The Lord quickened this scripture to me. They were talking about it in the retreat, but Jesus said, the thief does not come but to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come that you might have life, and not only that, more abundant life. That's God's desire for everyone. And I'll put it this way, eternal life is a given, but abundant life is a choice. You have to choose. Because the enemy will try to talk you out of abundant life. But here's what God spoke to me that day. He said, the devil comes to steal your hunger. I've seen people get on fire for God and then they things begin to go good, things begin to be blessed, and they lose that hunger. Then the devil comes to kill your joy. Joy is the lubricant. Joy is the new wine. Joy is the essence of the gospel. You're supposed to enjoy it. How long have you been married? I've stuck it out for 20 years. You're not supposed to stick it out. You're supposed to enjoy. How long have you walked with God? I've loved every minute. I've walked with God because the joy of the Lord is my strength. How would you like to go in for surgery and they're, they're getting ready to cut on you? The guy get, the doctor gets his knife out and he said, you say, uh, aren't you forgetting something? What, what, what? Aren't you going to give me a sedative or anesthetic? Oh, no, we don't do that here. You want to say, where's the back door in here? Because I'm out of here. But the sedative is the, the anointing, the joy. Third thing he said, the devil comes to destroy your influence. The devil wants you to stay self-absorbed, self-centered, all about you. How would you like to end up in heaven someday and just say, God says, what do you have to show for me? Well, I just, I don't know. I just thought about myself my whole life. I just thought about me. Wow. Maybe God would throw up on you. Anyway, but uh, the, the, therefore, we're talking about growth. Matthew 5. Therefore, you shall be perfect or mature just as your father is perfect. James 1, but let, let patience have his perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. That's what God's desire is. I want you to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. I wrote this down about mature love. Above all things, have fervent love for one another, for love will cover a multitude of sins. That word cover is a Greek word, klepto, K-L-E-P-T-O, where we get the word kleptomaniac, which I know several of you are. Uh, but, uh, the, the klepto is, is, is a literal word that, that love will cover klepto, a multitude of sins. In other words, it means my, the love I have for you will cover your sin. It will steal, I'm going to be in love toward you and it will steal the opportunity of the devil to wound you and to steal from you. Klepto, like a kleptomaniac. Love covers. Aren't you glad God does that way? 
Wow. Well, there's three religious lies out there. Number one religious lie, I'm not worthy. That sounds so spiritual. Oh, I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm just, it's, it's false humility because the truth of the gospel is, no, you're not worthy, but he made you worthy. And so we have to walk around as bold as Christians. I am worthy, but not because of something I've done. I'm worthy because of what he's done. To say you're not worthy is slapping him in the face and saying what you did on the cross wasn't enough. So you are worthy. And most people pray with a sense of unworthiness. Oh, God, I just feel like such a failure. I just come to you, God, again. No, 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 no. You have to say, no, I'm a son of God. I thank you, Lord, for what you've done. And I can come boldly to your throne of grace. Why can we come boldly? Because your sins and your lawless deeds, he said, I will remember no more. Except for a few of the real bad ones. No, he said, I will remember no more. The second, the second religious lie out there is if it be thy will. How many heard that one? Oh, we, I grew up in a church that waits all, every prayer. If it be thy will, if it be thy will, if it be thy will. You wouldn't pray any prayer with, except you'd have a disclaimer if it be thy will. That's like saying, Lord, save my soul and send me to heaven unless it's not your will. Then just send me straight to hell. You know, that, that's the logic behind it. But if it be thy will is such a religious lie because it's taken out of context. That's when Jesus was in the garden. He asked three times if God would release him from it. And he said, I don't want to die for the whole world. I don't want the sin of the whole world on my shoulders. I don't want to go through this pain and suffering. Nevertheless, your will be done. Other than that, there's 6,500 promises in the scripture that are his will. So, how would you like to be sick in the hospital and you're really, really seriously sick? And somebody comes to pray for you and said, Lord, heal this brother if it's your will. If not, kill him this afternoon. You know, but, but it's so stupid. But that's a lie. The other religious lie, the third one, I've noticed, is temples. You go to temples. I've been to cathedrals all over the world. I've been in Rome. I've been in Australia. I've been in Italy, New York City. The beautiful cathedrals, beautiful buildings, stained glass, 60-foot towers, pillars, just gorgeous. But you know what the lie is? That's not the temple. We're the temple. <laughs> We're the temple. So, the... Wow. So there should be growth. No farmer stands there and puts seed in the soil and without expecting growth. God put you on this earth, and He expects growth. My little nine-month-old granddaughter, I want her to grow. I think she's cute as a button the way she is. But I don't, want to, I don't want to see her that way a year from now. I want her to grow. I want her to be walking. Speaking of walking in Ephesians, it says in chapter 2, it says we're seated with him in heavenly places. But in chapter 4 and chapter 5, it says walk circumspectly. Walk in love. Walk worthy of the vocation which you've been called. Walk, walk, walk. But then when you get to chapter 6, it says now, having done everything, stand. Stand, therefore. You know, putting on your armor, having done all to stand. So it's kind of interesting. He talks about sitting. Anybody can sit. A little baby can sit. 
But then he says, walk. A six-year-old boy can walk. A three-year-old girl can walk. But it takes maturity to stand. Pastor, you said this morning, you know, we get before God. Are we going to go leave this place this week? And we're going to have several chances to stand this week. The devil's going to say, you're weird. You've got to stand. You're going to say, no, I'm not. Nope, God's hand's on me. The devil's going to say, you're a failure. Nope, I'm not buying that. The devil's going to say, you're sick. Nope, nope, I'm standing. And how do you like to be in trouble when you're sick? You want somebody to stand with you. You don't want somebody saying, you know, my uncle had that and he died. You know, you don't want somebody to do that. You want somebody to, to stand with you. Wow. Good stuff. But we're just talking about growth and, and how God wants everything to grow. And, you know, as I said, we don't, you don't really realize how much you're growing until you look back. It's such a freedom. You think, that doesn't bother me anymore. That doesn't get to me anymore. I just look at this scripture, and I just love this, but uh, James 1 says, Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your pastor. Excuse me. Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. It's, you know, it's so easy to deceive yourself. What's it say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions, something like that? But here's how God showed it to me. Just say this is a mirror. I look in the mirror and I see it. Steve, you've been made righteous. Steve, you've been made worthy. Steve, you're God's child. You belong to God. And I look in the mirror and then I walk away. And I immediately forget. I feel like a failure. I feel like I'm no good. I feel like oh, I've just messed up again. I forgot who God said I was. The other thing, I might look in the mirror and God says, no, Steve, I love you. You're kind of strange, but I love you. And he, he's going to say, but you know what? You've got a problem with pride. You've got a problem with anger. And I'm looking in the mirror. I say, God, you're right. I see it. I do. I have a problem with pride. I have a problem with anger. And I walk away and forget what God put his finger on. And I justify myself, no, I'm all right. I'm all right. So let me read it again. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. He forgot he was worthy. He forgot he was righteous. Or he forgot God put his finger on something. I used to have such a problem with indecision. Now I can't decide if I do or not. But, uh, the, but, but uh, my mother had that. I mean, she could never make a decision. Everything was like, well, you know, and that thing got passed on. And I had to say, I went to the Lord one day and I said, Lord, why do I have such trouble with indecision? You know what he said? He said, it's your pride. Because you're afraid of making the wrong decision. And if you make the wrong decision, it's going to hurt your pride. So you don't make any decision because you're trying to protect your pride. Well. 
So I said, well, Lord, I'm not going to ask you any more questions. You know, so. But, you know, God is so gracious. But God loves us, but He doesn't want us to stay the way we are. He wants us to mature. He wants us to progress. I was in a meeting recently, or a couple, two years ago, in Owensboro, Kentucky, and a man was there. He said, I was in your meeting 30-some years ago. And he said, my wife had been in a terrible car accident. And he said, you said by the Holy Spirit, there's somebody here that's been in a bad car accident, but God's healing you. And he stood up and he told everybody, he said, everyone on my row could hear her bones cracking. Pop, pop, pop. And he said, she's still healed, healed today. And then he gave me $10. And he really did. He gave it to me. That's good. Anyway, I love this story, but I was in uh, New Brunswick, Canada, preached for a few days, and the end of the meeting, like the fourth night, and we're just kind of there in the service, and this word came to me. And I believe it was right by the Holy Spirit. And he said, pray for someone who has a problem with their lungs. A woman had been there with her husband every night, all four nights. And saying, because everybody said, if you come to this meeting, you'll get healed. So nothing has ever mentioned about her lungs. And she's dying. She has sarcoidosis, which is a calcifying of lung tissue. She's 34 years old. For her to walk across the room was like Mount Everest. She was dying. She had two girls, seven and nine. She, she was dying. Death sentence. <clears throat> so I'm standing there trying to look normal, and I just feel this. There's somebody here that has trouble with their lungs. Last night, the last ten minutes of the meeting, she was so mad at God that she didn't even respond. And her friends next to her elbow said, that's you, that's you. So reluctantly, she raised her hand. We pray this long prayer over her, probably 30 to 40 seconds. The next morning, she's supposed to go as an invalid in the back of a car. They have blankets and mat, kind of a mattress. They were going to go to Halifax, Nova Scotia, and she's going to have a getaway for just the last little season of her life. They had the, the car all arranged perfect. The next morning, she drove. When she got to Halifax, she ran up and down stairs. She's 100% healed and, and still living many years later, still in perfect health. But she was dying. But the Holy Spirit knows things. So I guess what I've learned in hundred years in the ministry, the most important thing you have in your life is hunger. Don't get used to God. Don't get comfortable. Secondly, the devil's out to rob you. He's out to deceive you. He's out to discourage you. There's an enemy out there. He has to be dealt with. He has to be resisted. Thirdly, choose life every day. Any situation you're in, God, I'm choosing life. I'm choosing life. 
I've learned that a lot about their melody. You know, she sometimes tells me the four words every man hates to hear. We need to talk. That'll put fear in you like crazy. But, but Melody's a communicator. And she's taught me about communication. So we, we have to choose life. Now, if I want to leave the room angry, I'm choosing death. If I want to don't deal with that, I'm choosing death. And I want to tell you, nursing homes, convalescent homes are full of people that they never grew because they're stuck. So many people are stuck somewhere in their life and they refuse to move on. They're holding bitterness. They're holding unforgiveness. They're angry about something. And everybody, excuses are like noses. Everybody has one. But, but I think God's saying, at some point we have to say, okay, God, it's me standing in the need of prayer. Lord, I want to deal with this. I want to face this now. I don't want to spend the money on this car, but I'd rather spend it now and get it done than have to have the wheel fall off going down the road later. And I think God is so pleased when we say, God, I want to embrace life. I don't want to end this life as a rookie. I don't want to, I, I want to get into the good, the acceptable, and the perfect will of God. I, I want to progress. I want to progress. And when I end this life, I want to be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Perfect doesn't mean perfect. It means mature. Mature. Some guy said, that's not maturity, that's manurity. You know, it's like, we, what we call maturity is baloney many times. But you know what I like to get to the point? Just like Deborah was saying this morning, you know, this lady saw something in me. She saw Christ in me. And, you know, you, you, you know the Lord said, abide in me. So what are we supposed to do? We're living God. There's no condemnation. God, I blew it. Okay. God, you're still with me. You still walk with me. You're not mad at me. And then pretty soon you don't care anymore. And the more you don't care, the more people see something in you. The more, you know, have you ever thought about this? Jesus never said, my joy I leave with you. He never said, my love I leave with you. But he said, my peace I leave with you. Not as the world gives do I give, but, but my peace I leave with you. So God wants us to have peace. And peace is a part of maturity, you know. It's just part of that life. I'm at peace. I have to say I'm at more peace than I've ever been in my life. I don't I just I just feel and it's it's kind of like growth. It's like that doesn't rattle me anymore. I'm at peace. And we can enjoy life. We can enjoy knowing God and getting to know him more. It's a growing process. And the third, first thing you have to realize, I think, is, hey, God loves me. You know, I'd love to take the word love out of the Bible and replace it with the word accept. Because God loves you sounds so generic. But think about it. God accepts you. Strange as you are, God accepts you. You know, Nathaniel, Philip called Nathaniel in John chapter 1 says, hey, we think we found the Messiah. We think we found him. He's over here in come see. And remember how Jesus or Nathaniel said, Can anything good come out of Alabama? And 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 he comes and he meets Jesus. Notice the acceptance. Jesus looks at Nathaniel and says, Boy, an Israelite in whom is no guile. And Nathaniel says, Wow, you know me? 
You said, oh, you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Wow, that was supposed to, I read a commentary, so that was about three miles away. Jesus had seen him in the spirit. Nathaniel's even more impressed. He said, oh, don't, don't get so amazed. You're going to see greater things than this. Greater things. You know what I've learned lately? Is to ask for more. I challenge you today, just ask for more. Ask for more understanding of God's love. Ask for more revelation. Ask for more of the anointing. Ask for the Lord to reveal himself. Because a week from now, you should be saying, you know, I'm experiencing more because I've been asking for more. I feel more compassion. I feel more tolerance. I just, I, I just, I'm asking for more. And God will give more. Praise God. Wow. Praise God. Praise God. Don't you appreciate the Lord? He's here. He's here. I just want to pray for the pastor. Say, Lord, I just thank you for Pastor Michael and I thank you for Deborah, Lord, and there, the, the way you have your hand on them, and Lord, the way you've uh, led them by your Holy Spirit. And Lord, I just thank you for this, the River Church here. I thank you, Lord, for your, your body, this body of believers. You know what I see? I see God plugging people in. I see God plugging people back in. I just see the furtherance of the gospel. Lord, we thank you for those that you've placed here and placed under their care, but we just thank you, Lord, for the increase, the increase, the increase of your kingdom, O oh God, in every way, in every way. Hallelujah. You know, you're covered. I just see that. You're, you're covered. Your finances are covered. Everything's covered, taken care of. Wow. Hallelujah. I saw the clearest picture. Where I just saw people being plugged in. They're just plugged in. Yes, 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 yes. Jonathan, come up here a second. Would you let me just pray over you for... Uh, Jonathan, I met you back when you were at the other... You guys were at the other location. Is that Highway 40? See, Highway 69 again. 2003? What month? That was even the other one. So. The very first time I met you, yeah. Now, you all know this. Aaron doesn't, but he drives every Sunday morning. How far? Not far now. About, about 15 minutes now. Oh, about 15. Oh, you moved. I didn't know that. They were driving from Fort Payne, which is about 100 miles. Two hours. Two hours. <laughs> and Barry, you guys drive, what, an hour and a half or something? An hour. Just a hundred miles. That's nothing. That's nothing. Just an hour. We came further than that. So. I think it's like 750 miles or something. Wow. So. Is your wife here today? Lord, I just thank you today. I thank you for my brother. I just thank you for the work of your Holy Spirit. I see somebody that's been like a gainsayer and you're to ignore it. I don't know what this is. Just somebody just kind of as a big mouth or whatever, but you're just to ignore it. There's nothing going to happen out of it. There's nothing going to stick out of it. And Lord, I just thank you for directing Jonathan's steps. I thank you, Lord, for keeping him right in the center of your will and his wife and his precious children, oh God. Just keep them 
and protect them, O God. I just see that, and I'm, I'm sure this speaks of COVID and everything else, but I just see you so protected, protected from the enemy in every way. You're just protected. God's hands are on you to protect you. And uh, between within the year, you're going to have, I see like a real increase of finances and, and other areas. You're just going to have a real increase within less than a year from now. So God, I just thank you for that. I thank you, God, for the, the Holy Spirit's direction in their lives. And Lord, I feel this prayer goes on in you about, Lord, let us be more influential. Let us win more souls and let us do more for you. And I, I just feel the Lord saying he's heard that prayer and he's going to cause it to happen. You're going to have more and more God incidences. You're going to have more and more divine appointments. You're going to have more and more things. Boy, did God ever order my steps today? Did he direct me? You're going to have more and more like that. And I feel there's been some kind of assault. I don't know what it is, but it's a lie. The devil's just having a nervous breakdown, I believe, where you're concerned. But but there's going to be such clarity and such a new river of life flowing in you. So get ready. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Those girls are going to serve God, too. How old's the boy? Is he's... Which is your favorite out of the three? All three. That's good. Good answer. What a diplomat. Yeah, amen to that. So, uh, Did you say Gorman? Garland. Garland. I can't ever get that word. Yeah, you guys run up here a second. Let me just pray for you before we get out of here. Garland and Annette. Is that... Oh, I got it right. What do you know? How many years you guys been together? 37, that's nothing. That's just... Anyway, good to see you. God, we thank you for Garland and Annette. I just thank you for their lives today. I thank you for blessing them in every way. Lord, just order their steps. Lord, we just thank you for the precision of the Holy Spirit, the precision of your guidance on their lives, the direction they need, O oh God. I just see a clear path and just a plain, God making things plain, God making things precise. And I hear this phrase, there's going to be a new effectiveness in you and through you. Brand new effectiveness, Lord. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, I, I just see you do, like doing a lot of cross-pollinating, like what's in you going into others. So thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let your peace flow through them. Let your love flow through them. Let your presence, your anointing flow through their lives, O oh God, that would touch multitude of people. Multitude of people. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, thank you, Lord, for the enlargement of their influence, O oh God. In the name amen. of Jesus. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. You guys have children. How many children do you have? Two, two boys. Two boys. Mm -hmm. I just feel one of them is, I don't know, just like a loss of direction a little bit. Does that make sense? So which one is that? Which? Jacob, the youngest. Jacob. So, Lord, we just agree about Jacob. We just agree that there's going to come a uh, clarity to him and a, a recognition. Right. 
Lord, a repentance from any rebellion or waywardness, O God. Yes. And Lord, just turn him to you. Yes, Lord. God wouldn't have revealed that if he wasn't going to do something there. Praise God. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. So, I usually don't preach twice, but I'm going to do another sermon. I'm just kidding. Uh, But um, how long have you been here in this building? Since 2018? About this time. About this time in 18. Then you. How many years ministry wise? 41 for all of them. 21 for all of them. 25 in Alabama. Wow. That's amazing. Amazing. Well, God's getting people plugged in. That's what I see. Plugged in to the purpose of God. Amen, amen, amen. Seem like I'm going to pray for one person before we leave that has a lot of back pain, dealing with an issue in your back. Does that make sense to anybody here? Always? Okay, we'll pray about it. I'm just, God does it for others. He'll do it for you. Just stand up here a second. Melody, stand up with me and pray. Everybody just stretch your hand toward Aaron. Lord, we just agree. God, we just agree for the power of the living God. We thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Lord, we thank you for your hand on Aaron, Lord. And we just thank you today that, Lord, you're willing, just like the leper said, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And, and Lord, you said, I'm willing, be clean. So we declare power. We declare strength. We declare repair healing in this spine, O God, that it'll function perfectly, that while he's working, there'll be no pain. When he lays down at night, there'll be no pain, God, that you're just healing him totally and completely in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. We believe you revealed this for your purpose, God, that you want to do this for Aaron as a gift to him. And Lord, we receive with him. We receive your gift, O God. Lord, we just pray you just continue to open doors. I just see new life flowing in your marriage. I, I really, I just see, I just see like a new uh, enhancement by the Holy Spirit of the love of God, and the, the, there's not going to be a the devil's not going to be able to hinder what God's doing between you and Autumn. I just see the the sweet Holy Spirit just bringing things to the surface. Sometimes it'll be uncomfortable, but if you don't run from it, God's going to heal. God's going to heal. God's going to heal. And He loves you too much to just... I just see this for just being a coexistence and not life flowing. And life's going to flow. And things are going to come forth by the precious Holy Spirit that's going to bring healing and health. I see you like the Lord giving you a new new track shoes like these cleats that you can't slip and you're to lay it down at night and you're, you're not to perform anything except to just say Lord I believe you I believe you're working I believe you're at work in my life I believe you're at work in Autumn's life I believe you're at work in this family and God's going to tweak things God's going to order things God's going to make things whole your part is just to say God I believe you don't try to figure it out because God's going to do it. Amen. 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 Wow. Ah, what's your daughter's name?
Wendy. Wendy, run up here a second, would you? And, and uh, real quickly, just pray for Joy and Pam and my precious sister back in the back. You always wear the mask. Come on up here. Let me pray. So, Lord, we just pray for Wendy today. We just thank you for her, your hand on her life. Man, I feel the power of God. In my, the, the surge of the Holy Ghost is going to Lord, I just thank you for the work of your Spirit in Wendy, O oh God. You know, there's a song we sing, even though we don't know it, he's working. He, I see them. He's working, he's working, he's working. And he is, believe me, he's at work in your life. Yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. And you know what? The word is going to be fulfillment. God's going to fulfill. You are going to enjoy fulfillment like you never have. Fulfillment that only God can give. And you've, it's funny because it reminds me of Uzzah touching the ark. Don't touch the ark. Just let God work. Don't try to help God out because God's going to bring fulfillment in ways you hadn't thought of, ways you haven't dreamed of God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Wow. You know what? You take care of God's business. God's taking care of yours. And I just see that. There's so many areas you're going to see God resolve things, take care of things. You focus on Him, and you're His... You know, it's funny. You're like God's buddy. That's what I see. You're like God's buddy. And he's going to take care of yours. Everything concerns you. He's going to do it. Amen. Amen. It hadn't happened as fast as you wanted, but it's going to happen more. Amen. So, Joy, let me pray for you and Pam a second. Lord, we just thank you for them. We thank you for their faithfulness. We thank you, Lord, for the way you lead their lives, the way you direct their lives, Lord, where they've you keep fanning this flame in their hearts and they're they're just they've remained hungry for you they've remained on board with you they've remained undistracted oh god and lord just sweeten these years ahead just sweeten these years lord add life to the years and years to their life oh god i thank you jesus i thank you jesus i thank you jesus glory to god glory to god I see God doing an impossible thing, uh, like an impossible situation, but it's it's going to be good. It's someone close to you. I don't know if it's a child or what, but there's someone there that it looks impossible, but God's going to work, and you just be God's cheerleader and cheer him on. Thank you, Lord. You're not going to have to lift a finger, and I just hear that so clearly. The battle is mine, says the Lord. The battle is mine. And God's going to turn that one. He's going to turn that one. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Amen, amen, amen. Whew, man, I feel that power of God. Yeah, come here. You know who God, you both know who God's talking about there. Yes, okay. Lisa, thank you for helping me. I couldn't think of her name. So, Lord, we thank you for Lisa. Lord, we thank you for the way you use Lisa, the way you direct her path, the way you lead her life, oh God. You know, I hear this sentence, no more disappointments. No more disappointments. And Lord, just we just thank you that the way you touch her life, the way you lead her, I feel like you've been like feeling exhausted, but you, there's going to be a resurgence of God's strength. 
and there's some kind of promotion coming from the Lord that is going to position you in a better situation. You're going to have more favor than you ever, ever experienced favor. And Lord, we thank you. Now, this is what I'm hearing from the Lord. There's going to be a whole lot happen between now and the end of the year. A whole lot of good. A whole lot of good. Okay. God bless you. Thank you. Wow. Barry, bring your carcass up here a second. Oh, we prayed for everybody. I just want to pray for, for you and Melissa and Matthew. How old are you now, Matthew? Be 14? All right. Well, we just... We're going to pray for your weight loss, for one thing. And uh, <laughs> no, that was me. You know, we, oh, I'm sorry. I get I get confused. So, <laughs> Lord, I thank you for Barry and Melissa. Thank you for Matthew. God, I just thank you for the the increase. That's the word I hear. Get ready for increase. Get ready for increase. God's going before you. I I see down the road. Um satisfaction i see financial satisfaction i see uh where there it's just like no worries god has your future planned he's got it all planned and there's benefits coming that you don't even know anything about that god's going to cause in your life i see life springing up i see unexpected things unexpected blessings and the lord's uh it's like his craftiness to give you the best. It's like he saved the best seats for you. Thank you, Lord. The quality of your life is getting ready to greatly increase. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And Lord, we thank you for Matthew, God. We just thank you for the way you've put your hand on his life. We thank you for the direction. We thank you for his future. Lord, we thank you that he's not going to date till he's well into his 40s, Lord. And, oh, I'm just kidding, buddy. So, Lord, we thank you for Matthew. We thank you for your your amazing hand on his life. And God, he will always be your soldier. He will always be your man. He will always be one who puts you first. And I just see God giving you this unusual passion for him, just this unusual desire to please him, to walk with him. And his promises fail not. Hallelujah. God's hand is on you and he hasn't changed his mind. He's leading your life. And your life's going to make a difference in a lot of lives. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So, second sermon. No, just kidding. Come and let us out of here. Thank you.